Hello. Hello. <clears throat> what are you going to watch on TV while we're doing this? Last time we watched a guy blow up a giant water balloon. Yeah, and it wasn't, you know, yeah, I, no, I was, it was thought it was going to be funny. It was anticlimactic. Well, I'm so sorry for you guys. And I'm telling the story and I'm like, no one's really reacting to this. So it's we like. We're waiting to react to that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow, thanks. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? I'm ready. In five, four, three. Hey, everybody. This is You Danielle. didn't hold it out you long enough. On yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Anyways. Who are you? Danielle. Oh, okay. Nice to meet you. My name is Daniel. And? Nice to meet you. My name? Danielle. <laughs> is Carla. You guys do terrible robot voices. <laughs> hey, it's not hey, robot, hey, it's hey. sloth. Yeah, was, hey, you ruined it. <laughs> God damn it, my God bad. No, I, <laughs> my I was, bad. I was gonna um Oh god, what what's the fucking joke he tells him? A three humped camel. Oh. What do you, <laughs> you call, call a three humped camel? Pregnant. Ha. 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 <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Welcome. We fucked that up, me and Charlie. But it's all good. You no there's I no true. Is there a mouse in your pocket? Yeah. I talked that to my coworker. She says it all the time now. <laughs> what? Is there a mouse in my pocket? <laughs> <laughs> so, greetings. Yeah, greetings and salutations. Snack. We are Hoosier Homicide. Oh, I forgot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. Hello. We back. They're still, yes, we're still here. <laughs> it's still happening. It's still happening. I'm paying attention. What no, happened? Yes, I am. Okay. What happened? Ask me what we were just talking about. No. You were bitching that Carla and I weren't paying attention and forgot the intro. What? I wasn't bitching. <laughs> it sounded... C- Carla? What? What? Who? <laughs> hmm? I'm sorry, what? Colonel Mustard in the library with the wrench. What? What? <laughs> Clue is a great game. I will play it right now. Right now. Let's go. Challenge me. I call Professor Plum. I saw you had hungry, hungry hippos in the back seat of your car. Give me your marbles. Um, yes, and the three of us played. Not you, your kid. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, I don't know if she really got the concept. She didn't get the concept, but she liked it, and mm-hmm. I liked it. So, what was the one hippo's name? Yeah, they all Fiona. have names. No, but that's cute. Henry. No, they're like. Cute, like Since play when did on they words. Have names? They did. They had like stickers. It was like a cute play Hippo on words. Anonymous. I don't know. I don't forget. Hip hop. Hip hop. Anonymous. Hip hop. Anonymous. So yeah. What? Nothing. Yes. Okay. Oh. This is less distracting than the water balloon. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm not distracted. I'm just looking through you. <laughs> Normal. Normal. Anything interesting happened to you this week, Carla? Not really, but I finished Parks and Rec. <gasps> okay, how'd you stop, do that? You stop right there because we're not even close. Um, yeah. I really, really liked it. It's we're in the third season. Ron Swanson is my spirit guide. Ron Swanson is the tits, <laughs> totally tits, totally tits. 
<laughs> and then I started watching Jane the Virgin. Is she? Ooh. She is in the show, yes. The whole time? Well, I've only watched like four or five episodes. I don't know why, and I, I probably shouldn't think this, but when I hear of an adult virgin, I think, ooh, human sacrifice. <gasps> that <laughs> is so not strange. <laughs> Colton, where's Colton? <laughs> That's so strange. <gasps> well, I'm just saying, if you're ever, if you're ever somewhere, okay, and you're with a group of people, and something happens, and like you have to make a human sacrifice, the you have to pick the virgin. I agree with that. It goes that way. So I'm I want to see someone try to hold Colton down from the Bachelorette and sacrifice him because it wouldn't go well. Well, yeah. Yeah. The I don't know if he still is an NFL player. No, he's not. No, that's the only that's the only thing I know about the show is that he's no longer in the NFL. Well, he's also a virgin. But he well, was I knew too... that. I knew that part too. He was selling it too hard. He was selling it so hard. Because it's always hard. That's why he's selling I it. I tell hard. you what, though, if you make it into the NFL, so he's probably twenty five or twenty six, mm-hmm. without ever having sex in this in this country. Wow, it's impressive. Uh, considering it's impressive. his profession, yes, it is. Impressive. If I, if I, you know, technically shouldn't have had sex before marriage. You didn't. What are you Her talking sex. about? Yeah, no, I did. That's right. In fact, I'm still a virgin (laughs) in my butt. (laughs) Ew. Uh, Ew. What happens in the show, though, is that she goes in for a pap Uh, and the gynecologist accidentally mixes up appointments and artificially inseminates her. No. So she artificially inseminates the wrong woman. No. Yeah, so that's just kind of that's the beginning of the show. You would find out that the first episode. So I don't think I spoiled it. Does she does she know that, or does she think it's immaculate conception? It's it's odd how yeah. it comes about because she is a virgin. I could see like, that. Like, does happening. a doctor tell her though? The doctor's like, "Oh, sorry. you're super pregnant," and she was like, "That's not possible." And then her mom does get down on the ground and start praying. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you do? I would. That's I don't exactly. Know. Although, if you had an adult, an adult child, how old is she supposed to be? She's twenty three. Okay, if you had a twenty three year old, and all of a sudden they were pregnant, I you, would. You wouldn't think, oh, I would start think, my own religion. That's think, exactly what I would do. You've been, you've been lying to me. It's pretty cute, though, the way it starts out. And, of, of course, it's got mystery and circumstance. Yes. It's cute, though. I like it. What were we talking about? Oh, Colton. Yes. The thing about this Colton fellow is that he, I don't think it's his fault, but he was had relations, obviously not sex because mm-hmm. he's a virgin, relations with one of the Bachelorette's close friends. Yes. And in the beginning... Becca, the bachelorette, was like, hey, close friend, Tia. With your mile-long eyelashes, how do you feel about this? And she, being from Wiener, Arkansas, <laughs> it's was not like, a, seriously. I don't care. It's fine with me. It's fine with me. So just I'll a just question. go milk my cow. He only titty-fucked me. That doesn't count. It doesn't. <laughs> what a novel idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then, last week's episode... Miss Arkansas comes back and was like, by the way, <laughs> I do care. He titty fucked me twice and that counts. <laughs> if you if you do it one time, you're just friends. <laughs> he slipped Two and Two times you have to marry. 
It's like, oh, oh. So, uh, how many, how many of our listeners do you think actually watch The Bachelor? I'm not sure. Our demographic is hard to tell because, like, on I'm just Instagram, saying this is probably the point in the episode that people are going, "Yeah, I'm gonna." We're talking to about titty different. fucking. Yeah, it's not. We're still talking about the, the thing. Bachelor. Is is just like it's well, it's like a classic scenario. Friend wants to date X. X says it's okay, and then things get serious, and she's like, yeah, never mind. Relationship triangles play in. Mm -hmm. So keep it going. So she gets rid of him. Keep it going. And I bet the virgin is sad because he was majorly cock-blocked. Cock-block at every angle. Yeah. This plays into what we're talking about? Yes. Cock-blocks. By the way, that movie looks funny. Cock-blockers. It has John Cena in it. Uh I was explaining to your dad who John Cena was. How long did that take and did it... <laughs> Not very long. Did, okay. Not very long because <laughs> we were talking about cars and there's a story there that I had John to explain. John Cena! So. That's funny. Yes. Did he figure out who it was after you told him? Or? He didn't. Yeah, I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew who he was, but I explained to him. I go, you know who The Rock is? He goes, oh yeah. And I go, he's kind of like that. But white. Well, that, that, what difference does that make, Carla? Just saying, that's that's what makes I'm glad so to different. see. I'm glad to see that you see color. I do. <laughs> I'm glad. I think. I'm glad to I see think that. that you're supposed to. You are. She has a lot better eyesight. I don't think than so. I, do. I think everyone's just supposed to look the same to you, so you treat them the same. I uh, more on that later. You're supposed to express your feelings like Tia gets to whenever she wants to. That From just Wayner, gets you in Arkansas. Now these days. Also, Mom said that she needed to express herself, and I said, Mom, if you. Your she, mom needed to express herself? She needs herself. to express herself. That's why she flips houses, so she can express herself. Well, that's herself. artistic expression. That's what I mean. I said, Mom, if you want to do that, let's just go get tattoos. And she's looks at me. She's like, well, I, I mean, I might. I, <laughs> I have been thinking about maybe like an Irish one or something. Maybe. I've been thinking about it for the last 20 years, maybe. <laughs> and never I was like, happened. I was just like, let's go right now. I'm down. It'll we never happen. Go. No. Okay, I'll read our five-star review. 10 out of 10 recommend from at Leah Ray underscore seven. Love this podcast. The side conversation and stories make the podcast. Can't listen to an episode without laughing and questioning how Carla and Daniel will try to find a link to transition into the case they're talking about. (laughs) Oh, Apparently cock blocking is a part of this. It's the most annoying part of this entire process is that, and she thinks it's funny. All we ask is that you give us a hint, and you give us the worst ones of all time. <laughs> I didn't say I was good at it. <laughs> Cock blocking. Cock blocking, go. Like, well, we we should give an example of- Of cock blocking? No, well, we, I mean, an example of Danielle- not being able to give a good example. We've done this before, the Notre Dame one. Watch, no, watch this. I'm going to have you guess what movie I'm watching behind you. All right, Dinosaur. <laughs> Jurassic Park. No, Dinosaur. The good dinosaur? No. God, if we were watching that right now, I'd truly be bawling. Death. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Death. Beach. To be quite honest with you, oh, I, don't sharks? Even, I don't even know what we're watching. Yes. No. It's Jaws. Jaws. It's oh, Jaws. this is Jaws? I guess sharks are dinosaurs. See? But actually, that was kind of good, although you turned around. Oh, I didn't. Yes, you You did. have no proof. <laughs> it's true. 
So is she being attacked? I'm right really now? freaked out now that Jaws is like to my back. I think you need to change it. <laughs> nope. No, like I can it's feel shark, it. Shark Week starts tonight. <gasps> Ooh, shark Week, turn yeah. up. Yeah, I forgot about that. Is it on yet? You've never seen Jaws before. But we got to have the sound on. I know exactly what happens. Yes, he shoots. Gonna the need a bigger thing. boat. Need Jaws a bigger boat. is an excellent film. And I think we should do. Is it on Netflix? Well, yeah. Uh, no, it's on Prime. Okay. And. You need to watch the documentary about the making of the film because it was a total clusterfuck, and Spielberg really? thought it was going to fall on its face. Yes. You used to, they used to have that Jaws ride at Universal. Mm-hmm. Yes, I rode that. Really? They, they no longer yes, have it. It was. Uh, it's one of those things you wish you could have gone to Florida, got high, and rode it <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> That's how I feel about the Winnie the Pooh ride yeah. at Disney. <laughs> we should do the USS Indianapolis for a non or for a Patreon. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that they get eaten by sharks. <gasps> yeah, we bl- should do that. Yeah, that's not going to be my episode though. It's going to no. be an episode all about me. You and, and all me. I'm going to talk about is the secrets of Disney World. World. The definition of a cock block is look it up on Urban oh, Dictionary. Yeah. Last night, I was chilling with Shorty at a party when some dude walked into the wrong room and she didn't feel like doing it no more. No more. That's an unfortunate victim of cock block. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good one. No more. No more. All right. This case has been driving me nuts. It's a very recent one, and I need to talk about it. Proceed. Um, Investigation Discovery did a four-part series on this called Dead North. Yes, because it happens north of us. The north side. <laughs> it would happen on the north side. <laughs> is, is there an actual link to uh, Indiana? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, yeah. Upper Peninsula, Michigan, Iron River. That's not Indiana. No, I didn't say it started there. <laughs> Population, 2,800. So it's a small town. That's small, right? Yeah. Uh, 53-year-old Chris Reagan is missing. Reported to police by his ex-girlfriend, Terry O'Donnell, on October 27, 2014. Ooh, not that long ago. No, I told you it was new. Okay, and so if you don't want to hear all of this and you just want to watch the documentary, you have to give us a five-star review before you go watch the documentary. <laughs> Wait, you saying this is on TV? Yeah, or it's like ID. I like, gotta pause this. Actually, I gotta delete this episode. <laughs> no, it had really good HD camera. Did Carla and I watch it first? No, before... it takes too long. <laughs> four hours. I don't have four hours. Very good. And it's commercial. Ugh, commercials. Very good cameras. HD. Pretty. Anyways, he had recently accepted a job in Asheville, North Carolina, but his car had been parked at a park and ride for several weeks with his knee brace locked inside which he which he wore do you know what a park and ride is yes you park and then you ride it's a place where you park your car and then you get there's like a garage away from it's like a garage away from an airport okay Mm, but it's outside so you go and you park your car there there's one uh in plainfield yeah that big but it's like it actually i think it's still plainfield it's really close to the the county line Mm-hmm. But you go there, you park, and then you just hop right on the Ronald Reagan Expressway, and that takes you right to the airport. Right there. So they ride you out there, but then when you get back, you let them know, and they come pick you up. Then they take you back, and then you unpark, and then you ride back to your house. Unpark, ride. ride, and unpark is the is the the oh, return. No. Unpark, no, 
ride and unpark is how you get home. <laughs> His ex If you wreck, then you have park and wrecked. Yes. Park and wrecks. His ex-girlfriend let police into his apartment, so she still had a key, and she was kind of pointing out that things aren't normal. Like you could tell he was packing and had a list, and was but stuff still didn't seem right. Uh, but they were were also pointing out that it's not uncommon for people to kind of get lost in the woods in this area. It was really rural. I don't I say rural or in around here. I think fields because we have corn fields. But out there, it's tree fields. My. <laughs> oh, my. From anywhere in Indiana, you can get to what would appear to be rural something mm-hmm. in about 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, he was last seen at a gas station security camera on October 14th. The main character in this is Chief of Police Laura Frizzo, F-R-I-Z-Z-O. Frizzo. Mm-hmm. Is she related to... The rat from Muppets. No, but that's <laughs> when I read it wrong first, that's what I thought. Or is it from um, Greece? Isn't that? That's Rizzo. Rizzo. Oh, no. so is the or rat Or is she too. related to Miss Frizzle? <gasps> Maybe. No. She is a, she's an impressive woman. We will find out. Isn't that the lady from The NeverEnding Story? Miss Frizzle, she does the magic the school, school bus. bus. Oh. Where are you? <laughs> Whoa, man. Uh, she back to us. <laughs> Has the case, and she's been a police officer for 20 years in this area, and was the first female police officer in Iron River. And it's a small department. It's not very big with such a smaller population of people. Uh, The Michigan State Police believe the ex-girlfriend is the main suspect, which, you know, that's what it is. Her ex-boyfriend is probably seeing other girls, and she don't like it very much. But Detective Frizzo could tell how genuine she felt reporting this and coming in and how concerned she was. So she wasn't getting that vibe. And they suspected a drywall dude. He did a bad job on a drywalling thing for Chris and they had an argument that people knew about, but drywall dude had an alibi. I was caulking today. You were caulking today. Uh, were, you, were you ever blocked at any time? Of your caulking? Did you block anything I... in, like any holes? You did a caulk block? I did a caulk block. <laughs> That's impressive. I really did. See, his, I told you I'm paying attention. Good, good. His employer, Oldenburg, which is an electrical something or other, uh, his supervisor was hurt that Chris never told her he was taking a new job in North Carolina because he was such a hard worker. He was like a supervisor and stuff. She tells investigator that he needs to talk to Kelly Cochran. Her and Chris's workstations are next to one another, and she might know more. Kelly is a 34-year-old electrical assembler and a hard worker. So they go to the Cochran residence. Fitting that it is Cochran. Cock. <laughs> and her 30 <laughs> Her 34-year-old husband, Jason, answers the door. He is visibly irritated by the police coming to his house and doesn't appreciate their Who questioning. Is this? this is Kelly's husband. So they just show up to be like, hey, can we talk to your wife? She works next to a guy that's missing. Oh. That's okay. all that they're there for. She works next to a missing individual. Okay. And they're like, hey, is Kelly home? And he's like, no, she's not home as Kelly is coming down the stairs. <laughs> no. <laughs> so they're like, go so away. why are you lying about your wife not being home? Kelly is really helpful and concerned about Chris. She's saying that she last had contact with him on the 14th, and she's been texting him with no response. And when pressed further about 
her relationship with Chris, she admits that they're having an affair, but her husband's cool with the situation. <laughs> He's cool with the sit. And the husband's so- just standing there stone face, like not saying a word as investigators are like, oh, okay. Her, she explained that her husband had cancer and the medicine left him unable to perform sexually. Impotent. Yep, that word. Impotent. Was this true? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, well then. On October 28th, Kelly was willing to come down to inter- to be interviewed at Iron River Police Station without a lawyer. She tells him that her and Chris are good friends and that she really cares about him, but she was also seeing other men as well. She was having an affair with Eric Erickson. God damn. Who was also a co-worker. And Kelly said that they knew about one another and that her husband just wasn't the jealous type. <laughs> Chris was having an affair with Kelly Cochran. Kelly and Jason agreed to come down for interviews, which they did at my department. I'm sitting outside the room watching and listening. When was the last time you saw Chris? I didn't say that last night. I want to say probably two weeks ago. I would say between the 12th and the 15th was the last time I saw him. We had dinner. Where did you see him? Um, I seen him at his apartment. Tell us um, everything you know about Chris from maybe the time you met. I met him at work. I worked at Oldenburg, or I did. I got fired on medical leave. Um, we started hanging out. Um, we actually got pretty close in the last four months. Okay. Um, like a best friend. He's very simple as far as like he'd go to work. He's always on time, go to work, come home, and that's pretty much it. Uh, we pretty much had dinner tonight, every night. I usually cook, or sometimes he'd cook. You and you and Chris, hmm? at where would you have this dinner? Usually at his apartment. Okay. He's come over to my house maybe two or three times. Honestly, I don't think I ever thought he would be somebody I would even date um, because of the age difference, honestly. Um, but since we started off as friends, I mean, some of the, I like doing active things and I mean, just going out hiking and exploring. I mean, we became close she's talking about how chris was a good guy and i really loved him she also claimed that chris asked her to move to north carolina with him did you have an intimate relationship yeah, we did. okay and obviously your husband knows or doesn't know about that he knows he knows mm-hmm. okay. kelly how did jason find out about your relationship with chris Okay. And 
protection at work. He, that's one of, another one of Chris's workers. Um, Eric Erickson. I couldn't believe some of the things that she was just voluntarily saying about how Jason was aware. She she talked about, you know, her sex life so openly with the detectives. Kelly, she would be she would be looking at Jason. She would be talking to him. I don't see why you would. Well, I'll tell you why. Because husbands get jealous. You told somebody at work that he threatened to kill himself and you, scary. and you, he threatened to kill you? He had thought about it. Okay. He thought about killing you. That's right. How said. do you know that he has a thought about killing somebody else? I don't know if you ever know what's going on in somebody else's mind, no matter how close you are. With what he's been through, he's, he's been more open than I could ever expect. You're asking, would he do something to Chris because he's jealous? That's he, what I'm asking. He's not that type of person. He's He's been angry. He's been depressed. But him being angry and depressed aren't about me and my relationship. <laughs> she's, just li- she's just living her best life. I here. know. Uh, Jason was willing to be interviewed and was just sat down and started sobbing. He admitted that he suffered from anxiety and depression, but it was his fault that Kelly is seeing other men because he got so sick and he just doesn't want a divorce. And he says on October 16th, he was admitted into a psych hospital for five days because he was suicidal, which is the correct thing to do if you feel suicidal. Poor guy. And so I'm there is video of this and I'm watching it and going doing what you just said. But chief of police, Laura Frizzo isn't buying it. After Kelly was done with her interview and they called Jason Cochran in. Uh, And I'll tell you guys in advance, I see a therapist for high anxiety. I actually was institutionalized a little over a month ago where I get, I guess, really flustered in that. So, you know, if I seem like I'm getting wound up, I I do see a therapist for it, so. And all of a sudden he's just bawling. I'm thinking to myself, who starts an interview this way? You know? <laughs> what does he have to be crying about at this moment? I mean, he's here because we want to know if he might have any idea where Chris Reagan might be. So, to me, right away, I thought, man, <laughs> you know, this guy knows a lot more than than what he's saying. Jason, you know, you know why we asked you to come here, right? Uh, I know that Somebody that my wife was kind of seeing is missing. I'm going to guess that I'm probably the, the jealous husband. You were very much aware of what Kelly was doing. Wasn't really Abby, but I know my wife's kind of been seeing people the last couple of months. I don't really know much about Chris other than the name. Um, I wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup if I seen the guy. I'm just... I'm here, you know, openly trying to tell you what I do know. Now that you're telling me that Chris is missing, you know, and that you guys are talking to me and Kelly for it, I think there's no way that we could have had anything to do with it. I understand I'm here because Kelly was dating the guy. Jason just said because of these ailments, he couldn't be enough of a man for her, so it's his fault, and, and he's just jealous, and if he doesn't just, you know, let her do her thing, 
she's going to divorce him. So it's better to just let her do her thing and keep her than have her leave him. Was Chris the only one? Uh, no, there was at least one other. Uh, I believe his name was Eric. I never met him either. Doesn't seem like something that should be... Um... Well, it was my choice on whether to divorce or try to stick it out for a little while. I either had to accept it or to let her go. November 2014. Winter is coming. <laughs> they say that in the documentary. I was like, oh, Winter is coming. you cheeky bastards. You think you're cute. Uh, the military brings in helicopters with infrared cameras and dogs start searching the area. And November 10th, they have another interview with Jason. And she gets to look at the text messages between Jason and Kelly. And it shows that Jason is not so much okay with her having affairs. Clearly. Like if you, you know. If you, you were swingers, it'd be different. Yeah. If you loved me, you wouldn't do this. Please stop doing this. We should be together. This isn't okay. So she found these text messages or he's willing to show her, you know, they're being very helpful. No lawyer. And Kelly takes the truck every day. She takes it to work or whatever guy she's going to visit. So Jason does a lot of walking and he walks on a- Apple Blossom Trail and he saw his own truck so their truck parked at what he assumed was chris's apartment but he swears he didn't know where he lived and that he and chris had never met before the trail kind of connects their house all the way to his part of town but they don't butt up to the trail he had to come off the trail and walk a few blocks take a right turn end up in front of this random apartment that you just happen to see your own damn truck in front of so it's pretty coincidental that you're like no i have no idea i just on the trail yeah they're on the trail and then i just started to take a few left turns and by golly there was my truck when you take walks where do you enjoy Mile Apple Blossom Trail connects the town of Caspin, where Jason lives, to Iron River, where Chris Regan lived. Jason didn't work, and since his wife often used their truck, he would spend his days walking the trail. But one day, he didn't take his usual route. You told the detectives that at one point you were able to see Kelly's vehicle parked at a place that you was to be able to see Kelly's vehicle or his vehicle parked at Chris Regan's apartment. I mean, he's actually going four blocks west and there's nothing there to lead him in that direction. What prompted you to walk in a direction that you don't usually take? Um, I don't really know. I just... I need an explanation as to why you walked in that way to begin with. Can you give me one? I, uh... Yeah, I don't really have a good reason for why I walked that way. Did you ever meet Chris? No, I Did you ever see him? No. So you need to be honest with me, Jason. Well, Jason, did walk. you know where Chris lived? Not 
I looked up. I wanted to see what this lady looked like. And if mm-hmm. I told you that this lady was related to Angela from The Office, I think you'd have to believe me. That's her cleaned up version. That's her cleaned folks. up. Oh, yeah. She's a white trash meth looking person. Yeah. Hang on. She gets more dudes than I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. if you would greatly lower your standards, you know. Just can't, you guys. If you just wanted to do a layup, you could do it. I just instead can't. of shooting free, <laughs> instead of shooting half court shots. Actually, look up Chris Reagan. Like he was I mean, he was older. He wasn't a bad him and his like ex-girlfriend were really cute together. Not that that means anything. Okay, so now she's kind of pre- Frizzo is pressing Yeah, he's he's very uh he's very normal looking. Yeah. Mhm. Uh, Frizzo is pressing Jason like, dude, I don't believe in coincidences. How the fuck did you end up there? And he goes, I think I need an attorney. And he's like, ah, uh, yeah. I think you do too. So then Kelly is interviewed and she wants Kelly to take a polygraph, but Kelly refuses, which I agree with. Never take a polygraph. No. Never take a polygraph, what? in my opinion. But unless someone's missing. Yeah, like if, you know, your kid goes missing or your spouse goes missing, then it's like, I that was what would be the only time I would agree to take a polygraph. They're inadmissible in court, and if you fail it for whatever reason, it redirects police investigation to you and not to wherever it should be going. So it's not Assuming you're innocent. Law yeah. To refuse a polygraph. No, it makes you look shady, they say, but it's... I don't know. I'd be afraid I'd fail one. I That's... would no doubt be nervous as fuck, and I feel like yeah, I would have to say. But they be... take a bu- they get a baseline. Really? Yes. Yeah. I, I just so you're like... already sit- you're already sitting in there nervous. And... I feel like if my coworker, I guess that if I had an affair with was missing, I don't know if I would take a polygraph. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'd be like, dude, I'm here to help, but I'm not doing I that. I would if I had a solid alibi. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I mean. Yeah, if you have a solid if alibi. If I went home that night, no one saw me. Yeah, you're like, I live alone. Yeah. I'd be like, I got a twitchy eye this week, and I don't think I should be hooked up to those electrodes. So, uh. <laughs> it might make it worse. So, uh, Chris Reagan Jr. calls Detective Frizzo to say that him and his dad were moving in together like that next week. They were, he was all packed up. He had all of his stuff. He was basically just living on the floor with his laptop. And then all of a sudden, his dad disappears because they had kind of a strained relationship. His parents were divorced. And he has a younger brother, I think. But they were kind of fixing things and moving in together in North Carolina. And then he just never heard from his dad again. December 2014, Michigan State Police believe that Chris committed suicide or just disappeared on his own. And the city manager wants her to move on. But they're just ignoring that he stumbled upon his own truck. Yeah. Isn't the city manager Rob Lowe? No, no, no. Now it's... um. Oh, no, don't tell no, me. No, no, sorry, no. Sorry, sorry. Oh, so now we know Rob Lowe doesn't make it through the show. He does make it through the show. <laughs> you know, so, way to ruin it, Carla. Sorry. He's still there, though. So you she know. came in on her off days and worked weekends and stuff like that. And she said that she was used to men in authority telling her what she could and couldn't do. But she knew what was the right thing. All through my investigation, the city manager continued to try to find reasons as to why I shouldn't be doing the investigation. So I would come in and work weekends to work on the case. From the very beginning, I dealt with men in positions of authority, basically telling me what I could and couldn't do as a female in this job. It was frustrating because I knew that my way was the correct way. So I just would 
continue to do it my way. I was now at a point where I had taken over everything in the case. I was going, you know, with my instincts. And on January 2015, three months missing, she gave his son back his father's dog tags. Chris had been in the Air Force for 20 years and was a master sergeant. So she said she carried around his dog tags just as like almost good luck or like reinforcement that I can find him. Like she's carrying a piece of him around. But and so his son said, no, you keep him while we're still looking for my dad. But yeah, twenty a master sergeant. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't just like. Was there any proof that they were having an affair? She. Other than her word. Co-worker. <sighs> Hold on. Let me get there. Okay. Interview with Eric Erickson was also <laughs> in the military with two tours in Afghanistan and one in Iraq. So she had a type that she liked. And he didn't really know anyone when he moved back home. And when he met Kelly at work, he thought she was spontaneous and fun. And a little crazy. And when you've got 10 gallons of crazy in a five-gallon bucket, you're bound to make a mess. Because they all work together. They started to figure out who's sleeping with who. And I think Chris got mad at her for telling someone that they were sleeping together. Because she's married, you know. Yeah, it's a little questionable. So Eric and her would meet up for drinks and have sex, and he showed her a place near the park and ride. But she was very hot and cold with him. He was willing to take a polygraph, which he passed. Um, Shout out. Yeah. (laughs) He said he was really nervous, and then he was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) March 5th, 2015, search warrants were issued for the Cochran's home. You know, they've struggled for funding for this because it's such a small city, and Michigan State Police said... You know, this is nothing, and the city manager is like, dude, we're done. So she had to get the city, like, people to fund, GoFundMe type of stuff to Mm -hmm. support finding. Go fund yourself. Go fund yourself. (laughs) She's got a private eye. Jim McNeil is now assisting on the case. And so they serve the warrant at the house, walk up, and they go, hey. She's always very nice to this couple. They know her now because she's been interviewing them over the past few months. She's like, hey, we do have a search warrant for your house. We you just can't be here while we're searching the house. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, you can tell they're really bummed, which I would be too. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, this sucks. Uh, they find a loaded twenty two under the entertainment center. An arsenal of weapons, swords, knives, bow and arrows, oddly placed hammers and bats, as well as a shotgun. Jason had like this fetish with swords and knives. So we found collections of knives or swords. There were some in the basement. There were some upstairs near the bedroom, in the bedroom. To have as many weapons as they did just kind of told me about the kind of people they were and the way they lived. So you look at this house, though. You've got a, a 22 handgun. Is it loaded? Yeah. Underneath here. You've got a baseball bat right here. Oh, my God. You've got a, a gun in the, uh, over here. Did I tell you? Upstairs. And look at right here. you got a hammer sitting right here. What the hell? I know we live in the UP, but... That's crazy. If you have someone who's suicidal in your house at any point, you shouldn't have loaded weapons just sitting around. And a shit ton of them. I know. And so, like, the oddly placed hammers and bats are, like, around the front door. Like, this is my hammer 
if someone breaks in weapon. This is my defense hammer. Yeah, and it's like, okay. I don't need a security system. What if you just said, like, I'm a big fan of Thor. And <laughs> I just got to pick a hammer up. It doesn't matter what kind of hammer. And they showed pictures, and one of them is like, Dad has some knives and type stuff. One of them was a something I've gotten Dad. He has. It's like the two <laughs> blades extend on each end. Have you seen that? Yeah. It's not very big. It's And it's completely... Like I don't even like impractical as far no, as a weapon goes. No, but guns are a little different. Yeah. So then, a uh, luminol. Do you have the roses with them? Yes, I do. Okay. She <laughs> thought about. Yeah, I was about really it for a like, <laughs> what? Luminol detected blood cast off on the ceiling, which happens from using a blunt object striking someone. All right, man. Spatter. And they kept saying splatter. They did investigation discovery, and so I was like. Maybe we're wrong, but we looked it up, man. That's what happens when you poop. You have spatter. poop splatter. splatter. Poop spatter. Poop <laughs> spatter. If it's a wide spray pattern, it's spatter. It's spatter. If it's just spatter. hitting the water at a rapid rate, it's splatter. Oh, I got gross. spatter, Nina. <laughs> <laughs> that not diarrhea. That's poop. <laughs> that was what our three-year-old told your mother after after your mom got diarrhea <laughs> again she doesn't get it all the time i what swear that? what that what that i had diarrhea that not <laughs> diarrhea that <laughs> looked like poop <laughs> she doesn't miss a thing man. she's not i mean she's not wrong no she... she's not wrong <laughs> oh, oh man they've got Luminol lighten up blood, which is stuff they spray on it. Shows up like a black light type of thing. Yeah, you don't want to take that into a hotel room. No, except this has all been painted over and stuff, but they can still find it. It's still there. Interesting. Well, the Cochrans are like, mm, we know what's in the house, so we're getting the fuck out of here. So they leave before they can get arrested. Back in 2014, the neighbors did hear a gunshot and then persistent power tools only being used in the middle of the night. They have insomnia. He said that he was working on a staircase when he couldn't sleep. And they're like, ah, because you never bring any like wood or anything in or out. So I don't know. Or any other tools. I'm relocating yeah. wood from other parts of the house. Yes. And just tearing walls apart. It could be true. It could be. And that's where you kind of go, uh oh. Okay. 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 So okay. Jason and his neighbor, David, would smoke weed together and hang out some. The Cochran's invited them over to a barbecue two days after Chris went missing. They had never been invited over like that before or since because the Cochran's never had any money to afford to have people over. Uh, David believed that Jason had about 150 to $200 worth in meat. And that Jason <gasps> said he specialized in exotic meats at one do, point. Do repeat this. You're paying attention now, aren't you? Yes. Specialized in exotic meats is what he told him. And he had about... Told who? Uh, told David. The neighbors. Like, the neighbors came the over. The neighbors oh. came over. And he had a bunch of meat and said... And they're like, hey, what type of meat is that? And like, exotic meat. Oh, fuck no. He describes the meat as having a transparency. It better be chicken or it better be beef. Or an almost like a lobster type texture. Ah. Kelly and Jason asked me if I want to come over for dinner one night. I was like, yeah, sure. And this was like two days after Chris was missing. Well, it was definitely something I never ate before. 
it was like a transparent kind of like meat, like a lobster or a shrimp, and it had the texture of it, like the, you know, the soft firmness of it. It was like something I never had. He served it to him. They can't prove it, but uh, Detective Frizzo is sitting across from David as they're talking this out in an interview, and he looks at his friend that's sitting next to him and goes, dude, we ate that dude. I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, like, no. When I realized that I might have ate the dude, I didn't want to believe it. It changed me. It changed me 100%. My eating habits are gone. I don't eat. I lost so much weight. I was friends with Jason. It infuriates me. It is so-called friends will do that to you, you know? That's just the ultimate of betrayal of anything. It ruins you from trusting anybody. Because I was with them. I was hanging out with them. And if they did do something to this guy and they can't find the guy's body still, wow, what could they have done to me? Scary. Scary. (gasps) Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. Oh, no. It just uh, started. I, if someone, one of our neighbors said, and it, it could be. It really could legitimately be an exotic meat. You want to try this? I'd say nope. No, I would they say They had no, no, no side nope. dishes. As no, an adult? No other. I no longer have to try new things if right? I don't want to. Right? He said it didn't smell like any meat he's ever smelled cooking. There were no side dishes, no any other type of food, just the meat and some buns. Oh, and like that, some of it was oh. on like a shish kebab, like it was cubed up. Some of it was. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I would... There was Were some... they eating it also? That's a good question. I don't know. I'd that's be... the other thing. Someone that's the other way to know. And they're not, in, they're they're not, not eating, eating it. Eating it as well. This, this guy, David, is not okay after this. He goes, I've stopped eating a lot of different types. Like, I can't eat. I get really nauseous. I've lost a lot of weight. And you can see it in his eyes that he is not okay. After this experience, and he doesn't, he doesn't even know for sure, for sure. But the thought, but the, the thought, thought, yeah. Like, and you think to yourself, like, I'd get over it, but you don't really know because no, you've never. I don't had... think I would. Yeah, because obviously it's like, well, it didn't kill you, and it's like, but you don't know, man. I'd have to just go on eating like grass. Lots, I don't know, and just lots like of grass, maybe potato chips forever, forever. Yeah. March twenty seventh, the Michigan State Police lab results show that it is blood, but they can't get any DNA out of it. And they want some exclusion DNA profiles from the Cochran's. Problem, Cochran's left. But before they fled the state, they had put a GPS tracker on the bottom of their truck. Hey. So the private eyes know when you serve a search warrant on someone's house, they might leave. Can a detective do that? Well, the private eye did it. Oh. Yeah, so they're like, well, she the goes. The private eye was there serving a warrant? They were there with, because, you know, uh, now, you know, the city count. Because the, they play, private investigators get to play by a different set of rules. Yeah, the they? city manager has degraded this investigation saying you don't get the funding you want. So they've got funding somewhere else. Well, that funding goes to the private eye. So the, mm-hmm. so they got a search warrant, but the private eye is there helping doing the investigation. And I think his assistant used, was a police officer also but she's off duty like so you get you know they have these other ways around it so they know we have a relative who operated as a private investigator they do have a different set of rules one of the most painful parts about watching this show is how much snow there is and how cold it is 
there. Oh, just you wait, honey. <laughs> July no. now, but not forever. No. In the middle of the night, she's got this tracker, and the girl is walking in the grooves of where trucks and cars drive through on the road, so she's not even leaving footprints. And they walk up to the truck, and they lay down and slide underneath. And she's like, we know it's a really strong magnet, so when it connects to the truck, it's going to make a big clink sound. And you just hope that no lights flip on. Because it's a really dangerous situation if someone catches you out un- crawling under their car. Mm-hmm. And you're not a police officer. You're a private eye. She's like, but we did that be- the day before the search warrant. But if you're, a, if you're a private investigator like that, you are also packing. I would assume so, yes. <laughs> I, would, I would think so. Yeah. If you're going to put yourself in that situation. Yeah, so they disappeared not knowing that their truck had that GPS on the bottom. Which you're like, ha ha. <laughs> Where did they head? Where did they go? Indiana. Maryville, Indiana. Ah, uh, yes. The home of the Albanese candies. Yes. We've talked about Maryville. So how far is Maryville from Indianapolis? I'd say two and a half. I think Jeff Samarge is from Maryville. Where's Hobart? Our case, the gift of the Viking funeral. That takes place in Hobart. But right. I forget where it is from. A- <laughs> Viking funeral. That was funny. That's a good one. It's like... The same area. It's the same area. They might even be in the same county. Lake County, should, it should be that. Whoa, whoa, I clicked on events. I'm not trying to go to Hobart. City of Hobart. They're, they have a sidewalk program initiative. What, what's that? I don't know. <laughs> it's in Lake County. Yeah, okay, Lake so they're, County. They're so it's all like right next to each other. Almost into... What's east of Merrillville? Hobart. Lake County. With the hobo well, problem in Hobart, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's hobo a Bogans. I made that. Or I think I've said hillbillies maybe for our Patreon level five donators, the hillb- Hobart hillbillies. <laughs> okay, so they've taken off Maryville. They grew up next door to one another, so that's how they know each other. And she had some issues, like I think she was in the girls' school or something at one point. Uh, but nothing like too insane. I think she got into some drug problems, but again, nothing out of control. Uh, and they had moved to Michigan in February of 2014 out of nowhere and in the middle of winter. Like nobody you, wants to move in the middle of so winter. So they hadn't even been there that long. No. You know what, though, wasn't explained of what part of Michigan? They were in the UP. Yeah, I said the Upper Peninsula. Yeah, she did. Did she say Iron that? River. I missed that. Said it at the very beginning. I didn't hear it. You weren't paying attention. That's different. Lake County Sheriff's Department is now involved, and the GPS tracker has died. But their neighbor, David, who was served the cannibalized meat, is willing to call and record the conversations to find out, like, hey, we're worried about you. Where where are you? We miss you and your midnight sawing over here. <laughs> When's our next barbecue? We miss you and your midnight sawing. So uh, they pinpointed where they were, and they issued a search warrant for their DNA, and it's great. They're in then Hobart, Indiana, police Which department. Is, so you know, I think like seven hours apart. Okay. Let's yeah, see. it takes fucking forever for here to get to the UP. UPP. You got to drive all the way. Oh yeah, here, it's not through Chicago, which is a and fucking up, nightmare. It's around yeah, Milwaukee, then all up Green the way Bay. through Milwaukee. Yeah. and okay, it's it, it's probably right at seven hours. And I think Green Bay is. I think well, I think from here to Green Bay is eight hours. From here, yeah. So from Hobart yeah. to uh, Iron River, Michigan. Oh. You're looking yeah. at like seven hours. Ugh, that sounds awful. Yes, it does. 
So they're in the Hobart police station and Detective Frizzo walks in. She's like, hi, Jason. Like, she's always really nice to them. And they're like, we're here for your DNA. And he's like, God damn it. <laughs> like, they thought they just disappeared. Uh, and they're even less. You only drove seven hours away. Yeah. It's like, keep into back to your hometown. Yeah, wow. No. They're even less cooperative, uh, but Kelly does admit that she doesn't know where the park and ride is. She went, what? What's a park and ride? Do you park and then ride? I thought, mm-hmm. I really didn't know what it was until just No, I know. But that's- I thought, I was like, you park and you get on public transportation is what I thought. But Yeah. But no, we don't. know, she knows what a park and ride is because Eric Erickson said, oh no, we parked near the park and ride and fucked. Like, I know a nice spot. told her that there's no point in you not telling me what happened because I already know and you might as well just let me know your side of, of things. Um, in fact, you were with Eric Erickson last time on October 12th. Okay. And um, where would you meet Eric? And you guys stay together? Uh, a couple of different links. Where else would you meet him? Where else? How about the park at night? After traveling to Indiana and meeting with both Kelly and Jason, um, seeing Jason's disposition um, and how he handled seeing me and seeing the difference between that and how Kelly reacted and how it was affecting her, there was no doubt in my mind that she was the strength, uh, the planner. I knew that something was going to happen with her and Jason. She was right back to living her old lifestyle, uh, going out with different people and not coming home. I just didn't know how long they could go on living that way without something devastating happening. In the spring of 2015, divers searched the Caspian Pit. Do you know what this is? I did that not. That sounds know. like a bad name for a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> it is like their old mining. Explore hole, my Caspian holes. pit. Yeah. <laughs> there are these big mining wells looking things. They go Ew. on forever. They do. And they're filled with water. So it does go on and on. So and they, on and so on. you're saying that they scuba dive? Yeah. That kind of connects to present day with those kids oh, yeah. being caught in the. And this is something. Yeah. They're saying. If you throw evidence into these pits, they usually can never find it because of how deep they are. It's and just it, these. So they're still diving because the Caspian pit was only 600 yards from their like back door. And they do find a burn barrel tied to a cement block using the Cochrane's clothesline. So they were sinking a burn barrel. But probably just for fun. It was all their bad exotic meat. Ugh. Or it's for flavoring. Oh, the salt, the, the yeah. water, the fresh we water. We wanted to pull it back up after it marinated. Then in their fire pit out back, they found a reticulating saw blade in the fire pit, as well as some jean parts, like the zipper and the button, just in the fire pit. April 2015, the Michigan State Police blood samples are still inconclusive. 
So they had gone back and were still searching the house, trying to find more samples, taking pieces of doors and corn in corners and anywhere they could think they found samples of anything. They were sending it back to the lab and they said everything was too degraded from paint and cleaning supplies. Wow. So it made Detective Frizzo think they've done this before. Like it's too good for this to be your first time cleaning up a crime scene. The FBI gets involved in reverse GPSs Chris's car to show that he was at the Cochrane residence the night he disappeared. How dost one do that? I don't know. With so like, like, like cell phone? No, I think the GPS in your car, if you have a newer car, oh. that, you know, you can pull <laughs> up your dash. Can't relate. No, you can't. The dash GPS that, you know, it shows you where you're going. Well, they reversed it and showed where he had been. Ah, okay. Before his car magically ended up at the park and ride. Really? That's what the FBI did. They just said reverse GPS. Hmm. That's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I want to know what kind of car it is because that would help me. Uh, you'd have to look at the picture. I'm not. I didn't. Oh. Be a great There's... selling point. So, and if you ever disappear, the we FBI can reverse GPS your car, <laughs> and we will find it. Maybe not your body. If you have OnStar, you can. Uh, they can shut the car off if your car gets stolen. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You have to pay for the service, though. Yeah, because so if you cool, don't though. pay and you call and they say they've stolen my car, they win. They will not shut it off. They go too bad, so sad. And in fact, even to get it to do it, the police have to actually call in hmm. to give them the okay to do it. Wow. That's why the FBI was oh, then, okay. I guess, could was allowed to do whatever. So they also found a blue rabbit's foot under the front porch. We did carry a blue rabbit's foot keychain. But still, it's still real circumstantial. Like, are so those what? like real rabbit's feet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. are. It's really... Oh, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, I know. I don't I know how that. to get them, though. Are they already dead? I don't want to know. I don't even Well, usually you don't have the live rabbit. Well, I'm just saying, do they kill rabbits just for these keychains? Well, you can buy them. Somebody has to make them. Well... <laughs> Maybe they get the leftover parts from. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll look into that. Rabbit fur jackets. Right. Rabbit well, we're going to look into that. Rabbit fur underwear. Ew. Ew. I have rabbit fur toilet paper. What? Is it reusable? There's a joke about a bear. <laughs> about a bear wiping its ass with a bunny rabbit. No. And something about the shit sticking to the fur. <laughs> what? I can't remember that. And you're making us all suffer because you can't remember. (laughs) All right. So February 2016, 16 months gone. A 911 call comes in to Lake County, Indiana. Where Maribel and Hobart is. Mm -hmm. Kelly says that they were there to pick up that one old bitch. I said (laughs) in here, I was like, what was it? What was her name? Barbara. Betty? No, Barbara. Barbara Garcia and the gift of the Viking funeral. Yes. Uh, so Kelly calls 911 and says that her husband, Jason, isn't breathing and that he was turning blue. And she sounds pretty calm on the 911 call, but you might want to be. And then once the paramedics were there, she kind of interfered with their emergency intervention. Oh, no. Hobart Police Detective Jeremy Ogden now has the case in Indiana for which he requested all the documents from Frizzo's case. And because Kelly was really done talking to Frizzo, but she still has yet to ask for an attorney, Hmm. which is shocking. So Detective Ogden attends the autopsy of Jason Cochran in which they find heroin in his system, but also that he showed signs of strangulation, 
suffocation, and sinus collapse. I know what he was doing. He was doing autoerotic <laughs> asphyxiation. Oh, God, no. I can't re- I Was can't. he dressed as Batman? <laughs> no. And I then, can't go back there. No. The ruling is homicide. So she had this on her Facebook page. And this is the hardest thing I will ever have to deal with. Jason was my heart, my best friend, and I'm hoping he is watching over me and his family. He always knew how to light up a room with a smile and his kind words and laughter. Detective Ogden can now arrest Kelly for murder, but first he wants to press her about where Chris is. Mm -hmm. So the FBI connects Detective Ogden to a man named Walt. Walt. Walt is Jason's online gaming buddy. Aw. Mm-hmm. He got a buddy. Yep. Walt calls Kelly, saying he has a letter from Jason that was sent before he died. The letter says not to open it, just to send it to the local police. And he does a great job on the phone with Kelly, like, man, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, I thought I should call you first just to just to ask you what, what I should do here. And she... He was like, it says I should send it to the police. And she goes, please don't. And it's like, oh, please don't. Why, Kelly? Why? Why, Kelly? She starts to get a little panicked. And on March 29th, 2016, she has an interview with Detective Ogden. And she says, Jason shot Chris, cut him up, and then she cleaned up. Yikes. Mm-hmm. He can't get a memory. <laughs> Ogden wants Kelly to take him directly to Chris's remains, so they get in the car and drive, they said six hours, back to Upper Michigan. Yeah, so he's like, get in the car. Get in the car with the murderess, repeated. We're going to park and look. <laughs> We're going to park and search. They get up to 639 Pintoga Trail, where the woods go on forever. Ogden asked Kelly to take him to their old house, and she agrees to do a reenactment because they didn't find any remains. And it's kind of like, okay, Kelly, while we're here, what else can you give me? She says that she called Chris to come over to get jiggy with it. And so it was just a booty call at night, which is fine because that's what they've been doing. And it's consenting adults. And instead of coming to the front door, though, she tells him to come to the back door, which... Also not alarming. No. As they step into the back door, they just decide to do it right there in that kind of entryway. Well, to the left is the basement stairs. And to the right is like those three or four steps kind of up into the kitchen. So they're doing it. And as he goes to turn up the stairs, Jason comes from around the corner in the basement, shoots past Kelly and into Chris's head, which I'm still shocked he has that good of aim for someone who doesn't do anything all day. I don't believe that. Well, that's their version. That's her. Exactly. That's their version. Then they cut him up and she cleaned everything up with bleach and ammonia, which you should not mix bleach and ammonia. Cool. It can kill you. Or it can clean up a crime scene. Yeah, apparently. Take it how you want. Another thing that made this more difficult was that Kelly had studied forensics and psychology in college. 10-4, got it. She's a psycho. No remains. They headed back to Indiana. But she's still not under arrest. So he's, Ogden is still investigating this. And it made it sound like it was kind of almost the next day. But I think it was several weeks in between interviewing her or the next scheduled interview, like the trip from Michigan. Mm-hmm. But then she texts Ogden, West Coast looks good this time of day. 
Oh, bitch, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. So now Detective Ogden says, okay, we'll arrest you instead. And so he keeps her texting back and forth. He goes, she couldn't resist, like, staying in contact with me to know Mm -hmm. what we were doing and what was going on. So those texts or phone conversations, I activated the emergency alert, and we found her in Kentucky. She's fucking stupid. And she admits to Detective Ogden that she and Jason had an agreement that she had to kill whomever she had an affair with. And what? It, yeah. Wow. Wow. And they made that on their so wedding day. So she was just day. okay. She was just okay with like killing people. Mm-hmm. On their wedding day. And now she's had at least two affairs while she was in Michigan. So she was okay with killing both of those men. Eric Erickson is a lucky individual. Yes, he is. So, I mean, and she was the one that sent Chris to the back door instead of the front. You know, and she was, I think she tried to say, well, I didn't know where Jason was in the house. And it's like, bullshit. Bish. All right, so Kelly, she's under arrest now, handcuffed the whole time when before she wasn't. And Kelly takes Detective Frizzo back to where she says they disposed of Chris's upper torso in black trash bags. So they've got the dogs out now. And they locate bags, but animals have gotten to it and kind of scattered everything about. Damn coons. Damn <laughs> Damn coons. I can walk down in here. Yep. Kelly had indicated that they used black garbage bags to dispose of body parts. And she said the bags were left in the woods. At that point, I had the dog handler come down. She's saying everything was here. The skulls, the torso. She's saying she dumped the whole body here in different bags. Yep, the whole bag, all the bags were dumped here. While Alyssa Palmer and her dog Gila search the area, Chief Frizzo casually probes Kelly for more information. How long do you think it took to cut up the body? He saw it for a while. I got sick when I wanted to see him. <laughs> Please, you guys, I don't even care anymore. It must give you some kind of pleasure. Okay. The hive, the blood. Seen the blood seen it. I'm not like a vampire or anything weird like that. Casing it. Gunshot close. I mean, I was right there. There's blood. I was indicating source there, Mike. That's what it does? Yep. Without any indication from me as to where Kelly had just shown me the dog actually went directly to that tree and indicated the scent and, and the source of human remains. You could see pieces of what appeared to be a black garbage bag, you know, kind of sticking out underneath the leaves. I was excited. It was visibly shredded. Animals had obviously gotten into it. And, but next, the dog takes off towards a clearing in a field where the dog leads detectives to Chris's skull. Watching the dog circle what appears to be, you know, a rock. And as I got right up to it, there it was, Chris Riggins' skull. I was just overwhelmed. I was just overwhelmed. I just kind of looked at him and said, you know, I finally found you. Waiting for the evidence technicians and the medical examiner to show up. I just kind of sat there thinking about things and praying for him and praying that he could have some peace now. 
So they do find that. And I think that made her feel like she really did accomplish something. That's like, at least I found this part of him after all this. You know, they're doing this documentary and it's amazing how much video I have, like police cameras. It's the round, it's kind of up close with a wide angle lens, you know? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So the police cameras, HD with uh, drones, it's so much. So there is some reenacting, but it's not too bad and I, it fit well. So they're back out in the woods in October 2017, recreating scenes for the documentary, and a cameraman points at the ground and goes, Hey. 2017, while filming this documentary with Laura Frizzo, the television crew makes an unexpected discovery. Just right out in the open is what appears to be a lower jawbone. Don't touch it. Please don't touch it. That area had been searched so many times. How does this thing just all of a sudden present itself? Oh, my God. I mean, this is the most strange thing imaginable. I don't know how to explain the feeling. I was in shock. Finding the jawbone was actually more emotional for me. Oh my god. Way more so than when we found the skull. It was more unexplainable, indescribable, unexpected. It was, you know, very surreal. And later they determined it was Chris's lower jaw. And oh she, my God. yes, and she just starts. The detective is first. She's like, "Oh my God!" And then she starts. She goes, "Like I was more emotional finding his lower jaw than I was when we found his skull because I wasn't prepared to find anything that day." Yeah. And they also found the murder weapon, which is a twenty-two caliber. Twenty-two caliber. I can't say it. Twenty-two caliber. 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 Rifle is found in the Caspian pit. And forceps are found on the countertop with Chris's blood on them. She said Jason made her remove the bullet from his head. Out of everything they searched this entire time, this little set of forceps that you would almost use to put stitches in or something is sitting on the countertop with Chris's DNA on it. She's like, I think when she was in the house, Kelly's like, I think I forgot to clean that one. I was like, fuck you, you bitch. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so if they had just taken that in. I was concerned when they said it went to Indiana and, you know, it has to transport all the case has to go across state lines and all the documents and everything. And you never know what type of detective is going to get, you know, end up with this case. And I'm watching, oh, watch it. Please don't be some dick that gets this case and just fucks it up in here in Indiana. And thank God it wasn't. He was very thorough and very persistent. And Detective Ogden was just as committed as Detective Frizzo was. And then they started dating. And they're so cute together. They're in love. Yeah. Murder brings us all together. I know. And she was like, I had to find, you know, I had to find his, so it's Jeremy and Laura. I had to find one another. And then they found Chris. And it's just this beautiful thing. And I, I know. And then the city manager fired her. 
Why? Yes, exactly. The city manager, David Thayer, fired her. She likes to think the department can't handle being without her. I intend to hire a new chief that will bring respect for citizens back to the department. September 2016, Chief Frizzo receives a shock. Iron River Police Chief Laura Frizzo has been officially relieved of her duties. Iron River City Police Chief Laura Frizzo was dismissed by the Iron River City Manager David Thayer. Thayer told Local 3 News by phone this morning the two had different management styles and irreconcilable differences. A press release issued by Frizzo's attorney suggested the city manager has animosity towards women. At a time when I should be actually celebrating because all this hard work finally paid off. I get fired. Kelly was finally in jail, and we had found the skull, and all of these wonderful things were happening finally after such a lengthy and draining investigation, and this is when this man decided to strike at me. It was a desperate move for him. He had to get rid of me. I think that in his mind, it was him or me. Mentally and emotionally, I could never describe what that did to me. We'll get back to him, but just keep that in mind. So Kelly pleads not guilty, and on Valentine's Day 2017, her trial begins in Crystal Falls, Michigan. And she's saying, oh, I couldn't go to the police because Jason would have killed me if I did. And they find her guilty on all accounts, and she gets life without parole, which she was kind of like, oh, damn. When the verdict was read, I literally was shaking. I was so relieved and just so grateful that justice was served for Chris Reagan. It was the best news. Everybody was so happy and crying and hugging. She just stood there, straight-faced. She definitely thought that she could lie her way out of it. Kelly thought she could lie her way out of anything. If it wasn't for Laura Frizzo, Kelly would have gotten away with it. I was very emotional. Nothing can bring their dad back, but at least they can know that she's not going to be out there to do this to anyone else. Well, then. And then Kelly's brother, Colton, Ah! (laughs) contacts detectives telling them he believes there are at least nine more bodies. (gasps) Yes. Yikes. Yes, because anytime she had an affair. That's what I was wondering. How many times has she done this? And I think Detective Frizzo has said, we have two more leads that I feel are viable, like, you know, might actually be real. Kelly admits to her mom while in jail that she's always been this way, that she has no conscience, and she's surprised her mom didn't notice sooner. (laughs) She's like, no, really, like, you didn't notice? And some other stuff about, I just watched how everyone else reacted, but also she's taken psychology classes, so you don't really know if she's just repeating what's in books or... Like if she really bitch. was. She pleads guilty to her husband's murder in Indiana and got 65 more years. But the deal prevents her from being charged with any more crimes in Indiana. And she has appealed her conviction in Michigan. If she appeals her conviction in Michigan and somehow it gets overturned, then she only has a 65 years. And we know every 12 hours is a day. So that's only 35 years, right? No. Ish. 30-something years, and she's only 37 years old. Mm-hmm. So that's not that long. It's not life. And, you know, life plus 65 years, it's a lot shorter. So do I think that'll really happen? No, but, you know. And then Indiana can't charge her with anything else if they find another body here. 
Cochran told police that she killed Chris in order to save her marriage, but later blamed her husband for taking the only good thing that she had in, in her life. According to court records, she said, I still hate him. And yes, it was revenge. I even the score. There would have been circumstantial evidence that they could have used against me, um, but I gave them everything they needed. It was just easier to make everybody believe that I had more to do with it than I did because in my heart I felt guilty because Chris isn't here. No, it's Kelly. The fact of the matter is, is that this doesn't bother her. This doesn't bother her. This is, this is nothing to her. So she was in love with Chris and her husband made her kill him or let him kill him. So she resented her husband for that and even the score by killing him too. Strange couple. Well, she wasn't a complete sociopath. I mean, if she... Yeah. If she loved someone. Or really liked being around him. I guess if you use love or... She really liked sleeping with that one in particular. Eric was (laughs) eh, hit or miss, but really liked Chris. Eric barely got out alive. I know. He's so lucky. But the other thing that was weird, as you watch the documentary, you notice there's butterflies everywhere, like decorated in their house. And everyone picks a theme every now and then for their house, whether it's nauseating or not. That's nauseating. But butterflies were everywhere. And she's got these butterfly tattoos. And she's interviewed on the documentary. (laughs) I'm going to go get some butterfly poon. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Not a bug's life. But she has these tattoos. (laughs) She has like about 14 butterfly tattoos. And she says they represent each person that I've lost in my life. Detective Frizzo thinks they're her trophies. Like the 14 people that she might have killed. She's admitted that she killed 21 people, but she thinks she got a tattoo for each time she killed someone. What makes a person kill somebody? What makes a person have no conscience for taking another person's life? She told me that she was born the way she is. She doesn't have feeling. She doesn't feel sadness. She doesn't feel remorse or sorrow. It's disturbing. It's uneasy. It's pure evil. I have 14 butterfly tattoos that are symbolic to people I've lost. I believe that those butterflies that are tattooed on her body represent victims. Damn. 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 Yikes. What is happening? What is happening here? Or it could have been someone died in her family, but I think she probably got some tattoos for killing people because she was so good at cleaning up a crime scene. Damn. Damn. Ricky. Well, all these other people, no one went looking for them? The people that are missing people in other states? Mm -hmm. They probably do, but you don't, missing, people go missing all the time and you just never find them. And you have, well, like, you guys. Rewards out for information. Like, would you guys, like, you won't give up if I go missing, right? That's what they've started. The (sighs) Murderino kind of individuals have started the hashtag, I'd look for you. Mm -hmm. That if you, someone in your kind of group that, would look you know i don't know you but i'd look for you yeah so and they did it did happen in cal i think it was california and they found her body and i don't really know the story that's really sad jeremy and i have both discussed that we're not done says frizzo who has since left the iron river police department for a job monitoring drug trafficking in indiana yeah now our desire is to follow through to seek out any additional victims of the killer 
So I am more than pleased to have that woman here. Same. Yeah. It was like she's a badass. She didn't let it go. No, and she knew everybody what was else right. wanted to. So Jeremy and Laura are now engaged. And it's just oh. so beautiful. Oh my God. But a petition circulates on change.org calling for the firing of Iron River City Manager David Thayer. Why did he fire her? Exactly. Prior to his move to the upper, up, Michigan, up, David Thayer was fired as a city manager in Grayling, Michigan in 2010 after he was arrested and charged with 24 counts of Social Security Act violations, according to multiple reports. Um, charges stemmed from an incident when Thayer disseminated the social security numbers of 24 private citizens who were delinquent in paying city income taxes. Guys, it's only a misdemeanor. I mean, it's not that big a deal, right? I don't know. Yeah. So he's sharing people's private social security numbers, and I don't really understand what it does, but it's not good. According to a letter from current Grayling City Manager Doug Baum, Thayer did this in an attempt to discredit a political opponent. And in the same letter, he alleges, alleges, Thayer threatened... Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Thayer threatened an employee for using too much personal time to care for his wife, who was sick with cancer. Other allegations in the letter include questionable financial records being disappropriated or distributed. Thayer attempted to push through a liquor license approval for a friend and engaged in inappropriate sexual relationships with a subordinate, allegedly. 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 He was arrested and convicted of using public resources to help fund a political campaign, though. Oh. Oops. Yeah, that's kind of a no-no. Oops. So this dude gets fired for being a city manager and then goes up to Upper Up in Iron River. So the Iron River mayor, Terry Tarsi, hmm, who stu stood by the city council's decision to hire Thayer, he said they were all aware of Thayer's history, but felt that he was the best candidate for the job. So the only applicant. Yes. I just want to say <laughs> I'm sorry to Iron River that he was the only applicant and the best choice for the job because he is not a good human being. He's a shitty human being, allegedly. <laughs> so Detective Frizzo solves this case, is a total badass. People told her to let it go, walk away, and she says, no, I'm going to do this. And 18 months, she brings Chris home to his family and they get some peace and get to bury him. And she tells this city dick, David Thayer, hey, I need a couple, I need a little bit of time off and I got to prepare for this Cochrane case because I'm going to have to be, she's a big witness in it. And he goes, uh, no. And she went, no, really, I, I do. He was like, you'll need a doctor's note. And she goes, okay, I'll go, I will go get a doctor's note. So she gets one. And tells him, I'll be back. I think it was, might have been like two weeks. It wasn't anything extreme. And she goes, okay, I'm ready to come back. And he goes, no, you need a doctor's note to say that you're ready to come back. And she was like, okay, I will go get a doctor's note. So she goes and gets one and brings it. And he goes, no, that's not good enough. You have to go see my doctor. So she goes and sees his doctor that he chose and that doctor says, yeah, you're fit to return to duty. And somehow she still got fired. 
you can't make someone go to a certain doctor. She was doing it trying to get her job. Like, like, okay, I'll do this to get my job. No, he's a confrontational, egotistical, misogynistic dickhole. And he's done this exact same thing to the female chief of police in Grayling. She went on medical leave for a surgery. And when she tried to come back, he said, no, you need to prove that you your doctor says it's okay." So she was like, "Okay, here's my doctor's note. He says, no, you need to see a second opinion doctor. She's like, "Okay, here's the second opinion doctor. He goes, no, you need to see a psychiatrist, too. And she was like, "Okay, I will go see a psychiatrist. And she said, the psychiatrist was like, I hope you have a good lawyer. Like he's like he's doing this to you. And I think she resigned because she was tired of being railroaded. So this is his thing. He does this. And uh, he doesn't like women in power. And they got affidavits of someone heard him call her a bitch. And he was like, nope, never happened. It's like (laughs) someone's like, here's the official piece of paper of me hearing you calling her a bitch. And goes, nope, never happened. So he's a classic politician. And he'll probably go higher and higher in politics because that's the type of people that we push forward. I don't know why. On change.org, you can sign a petition to get him fired. And I just feel so sorry for Iron River, Michigan, that that's your dude. And do you know what happens when you fire the chief of police as the city manager? Someone, the city manager is appointed as the... Yes, he gets to become the chief of police I with no... I wish I could like, say like, I'm no surprised, police. but this is just, I mean, it's just, this is just how it is. Yeah. I wonder why they have a city manager and not a mayor. They have a mayor, too. Like, but wouldn't the mayor be above the city manager? And they're just kind of like, well, he gets to decide. like, Because the chief of police is like an at-will employee and not a government employee. So the city manager has the right to fire her. And he said, oh, no, no, I fired her because of uh, irreconcilable differences. And I was like, this isn't a divorce, you twat. Like, <laughs> You didn't get divorced. Yeah, in that she's disrespectful. And so she's filing a lawsuit obviously because it was like nothing about that is right and he's he does not like women in power and nothing about it is okay and i'm so happy that she's in indiana busting all our drug traffickers because we got a lot of meth here is that the main thing meth opioid um she's saying it violates the elliot larson civil rights act which among other issues prohibits gender discrimination in employment Frizzo's salary was less than that of her male predecessor. She wasn't given longevity pay offered to her male predecessor, and she was subject to demeaning language according to her lawsuit. So I'm sure he was just a bully to her. And the big fight that they had over funding was she needed more police officers. She's like, there's fucking four of us. We need at least six, six. And he's like, no, I'm paying you less as a woman so that I have more money. If I hire more people, it does me no good to pay you less as a woman. So that's... They need more money. More money. money more money, more problems. <laughs> like I said, I wish it was surprising, but it's Not. something literally that we just have to put up with. Mm-hmm. Why do they stay is what they ask. So that they have a job. I mean, that's mm-hmm. literally... First female chief of police in there first female police officer so they didn't like it and why why the fuck did they hire some idiot from an like down south of their state that's been arrested for shit like you could do better you can you his can penis better. points him in the right you direction can. he's just one of those people that expects women to crumple in front of him and anytime that they don't do what he says 
he thinks his dick gets a little bit smaller, so he can't handle it. And he has to get real, real angry so that his dick will grow back. And unfortunately, that's not how it works. It was always small to begin with. God, with you. I know. That's all, that's all I have. I really can't with you. A lot of content. That case is... That's am- really interesting. I feel like strange that I haven't heard that. I know. That's newer. That documentary is really good. You can watch it on demand on ID. And... I have, I don't like to say I have a favorite serial killer. People word it like that. I have serial killers that are the most fascinating. And we have the connection to the one that I think is. But this one is pretty good. Especially because it's a woman. People will start writing books about her that'll come out. But the the cannibalism thing and, oh God. That's bizarre, my friends. This whole thing. Well, folks, there you have it. A precise anatomy lesson from Danielle. And that's all I have. And my voice is tired. I'm tired. I mean, not that you put me to sleep or anything, but... But you won't be scared tonight, right? No, That someone's going to so. cook you and eat you. I don't think so. That was... um. Yeah. Nope. But you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle's at Who's Your Homicide. Like us on Facebook. Um, you can download our podcasts at iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Yeah. Um, you can send us an email if you want. If you screenshot your five-star review and send it to us, I will send you stickers with your address, if you have your address with it. And we have our Patreon now. We are There's the free Patreon episode is up and we'll be adding more as soon as everyone tells Daniel to get on it. Get on it. Get on it. Get on it. (laughs) And for honest to goodness, stay out of the corn. Don't hurt yourself. Let me ask you something. Yes. Other bodies. Yes. Where are the other bodies? Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee. Minnesota. I had okay. I had one friend in Minnesota. Okay. How did he die? I don't know. Oh God, give me a break. Can we do this another time? Be nice. <laughs> you know that's not in my DNA. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>